All right, well, thank you for coming this morning. Last week, Pastor Doug, he preached on Lazarus, John chapter 11. The weekend before, I preached on uh, John chapter 10, Jesus is the door of the sheep. And this morning, we're, so we've done John 10, John 11. This morning, we're going to be continuing on in John chapter 12, and we'll be looking at the first 11 verses. In your notes, the title of the message is Work, Worship, and Witness. Before we dive in, I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for your word. Luke 24, 45 says that you open their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So this morning we ask you would open your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> All right, starting in John chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There he made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon said, who, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. So Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus, and now the, the chief priests are trying to plot to put him back, to, to kill him again. You know, Jesus told Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. I heard one commentator said, say that if Jesus just said to all the bones, come forth, every dry bone would have come out that day of that doom. To Lazarus. But you know, Jesus knows your name as well. And he's calling each of you individually to come forth. Verse 11, but on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. They believed in Jesus because of what God had done in Lazarus's life. I believe that there are many that are going to come to Jesus because of what he has begun and started and will do in your life. Some of you, it began last Sunday Easter service. You gave your life to Jesus and you've been raised to newness of life and you're going to have a great testimony. So in this story, we have three people. We have the life of Martha, we see Mary, and we see Lazarus. And each of these three individuals is going to represent something. Martha's going to represent work to us. Mary's going to represent worship. And Lazarus is going to represent witness. How do we honor God as we look through this, these verses, these few verses this morning, with our work, our worship, and our witness? In your notes, number one, work, that's Martha. It says in verse 2, there they made him, Jesus, a supper, and Martha served. And I do think that Martha does get a bad rap because she was giving her sister Mary a hard time for sitting at the feet of Jesus. But, but really, Martha, she, she's really quite, a, quite an amazing woman. She knew what her grace was. She knew what her talents were. She was very hospitable. I think if she were here this morning, she probably would have been in the Connection Center getting the coffee ready and getting the roll set out. And Martha was a woman who just, flew, who just flowed in her grace. She knew who she was. She knew how God created her. And she loved serving. I don't think it was a burden to her 
to serve the Lord. I don't think it was a burden for her to prepare, prepare the meal. I think there's some, some Marthas in here today. Matter of fact, as we think about last week and all the good things that happened to this church, 115 volunteers, that is 115 Marthas. Thank God for the Marthas in the house, huh? And Martha was an awesome servant. I think she loved serving. As I thought about the life of Martha, I thought, you know, we could learn something from her. And as I thought about how we, we do our equip classes, and by the way, this is a quick plug. If you have not done our equip classes, they begin next Sunday. We, we begin with equip 101, and then we'll go into equip 201. I'm a little partial to 201. I love that. I teach them all, but I love 201. In 201, we, we discover your shape, and then we do 301 the following week. But in 201, we discover your shape, S-H-A-P-E, your spiritual gifts, your heart. What do you have a heart for? Your S-H-A, your abilities, your P, we discover your personality, and E, your experiences. What are your spiritual gifts? Do you know what they are? When I look at the life of Martha, I see someone that's hospitable. You know, I look at, I look at Sean and Melissa and Belle right here, my wife, and these guys just have a heart to serve in, in worship ministry. But you know that God has also equipped you to do something special. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit is given to each one spiritual gifts severally, the Bible actually says, as he wills, that God has put some things in your life. And as a church, Harbor City Church, we want to help you unpack those spiritual gifts. What do you have a heart to do? What is one thing in this world that you would do, that you would commit your life to if you knew that you couldn't fail? What do you have a heart to do? What are your abilities? What are your talents and skills that you have? You guys each have unique graces and talents that, that I don't have, that Sean doesn't possess, that Raymond doesn't possess. But, but Raymond does possess some stuff. And we all have unique abilities and talents that God wants to use. I, I have a, a, a commercial driver's license. I used to drive garbage truck for years. I have a, I have a school bus endorsement that I've never got to use. That one day I'm hoping that I'll have a, a, a school bus full of kids and we can go off to youth conference. Amen. But we've all got unique abilities and talents. What about your personality? God wants to use you in your personality. How many, introver- How many introverts do we have here? Is that an unfair question to ask introverts? Somebody, somebody's chuckling at me. How many of you think I'm an introvert? Hard introvert. Heavy introvert. But you see me with a microphone in my hand. I'm up front talking. Yeah. How many extroverts do we have here? Okay, there they are. I had five last service. You guys all showed up. You guys don't like the first service, huh? A little more excited for the second service. All right. So you have your personality. And by the way, in Equip 201, we can help you discover that and how God wants to. God wants you to be fulfilled in ministry. You know, he doesn't want to plug you into a place, man, I don't really want to do this, and you're just colonel. But I think like Martha, a hospitality ministry, Martha, you go, where, you go where you belong, and you work, and you serve. So come on out for the next, the next round of uh, equip classes next week. And I think if Martha were here today, I would probably say, Martha, we, would you teach equip 201 with us and show us how to flow in our gift? How many of you like to work like Martha. She sets up a great example for us. You will find joy in serving according to how God made you. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And I believe that you can discover how God made you to be. I like to, you know, I, I might say something like, I don't think I would say this, but just for, for an example. Cameron called to teach. My wife called to worship. 
You called to have a coffee ministry. You called to be a parking lot attendant. You called to be a barista. You called to do a small group. You as a single mom, I was raised by a single mom for years, my mom and my three brothers, you called to a single mom ministry, and God wants to get you into a place of, of fulfillment. So we have Martha, the worker. How can you serve with your time, your talents, and your treasures? As I was studying the life of Martha, I, f- I found this quote, and I really enjoyed it. Martha's work was just as much a fragrant offering as was Mary's ointment. Do you know that your work and your service is a well-pleasing aroma to God? Hebrews 13, 16 says this, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well-pleased. God is well-pleased with you when you do good. Amen? Amen. So like Martha, we can serve the Lord with our work. And do you also know that when we work, we work as unto the Lord? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 23, it says this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. How many slaves do we have in here this morning? Hopefully nobody. Oh, we have, we have one. We have two. You can talk to me after service. I can, I'm going to help you. Now, we may not be slaves and obey your earthly masters. What's an earthly master called today? Okay, so we're on. Okay, you guys are tracking me. So, okay, slaves, obey your bosses. Or not slaves, workers. Employers, employees, who are you? Employees. Employees, obey your bosses in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do. What do you do? Work willingly at it, knowing that as, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So when we work, we work as into the Lord. Now, if you... If you uh, a couple of weeks ago, I shared that I have been in the garbage industry for years. My dad owned a garbage company. My uncle owned a garbage company. My uncle Ray never met in Portland. He had two garbage companies in Portland. And long, my wife is a fourth-generation minister. I was a fourth-generation garbage man. And so when I moved out here or when I, when I, applied, for, I applied for a job in the garbage industry with LeMay, and, they, and I was living in Lacey, and they said, well, we got one job. And it's for a water technician job in Aberdeen. You know, I never even really knew about Aberdeen. I never, I, I would have been able to identify it on a map. And they said, you need a college degree, which I had. I don't know why. Because the job in, 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 entailed cleaning toters. How many of you know what a toter is? Nobody knows what a toter is. We went, th- we went through this last service as well. Do you, guys ha- do you guys have an account with LeMay? And you have a garbage? I guess it's a can. And so they, you guys instructed me last service. We, we call it a toter. And, how many, and so did you guys, when you got a toter, did you get an old one, a used one or a brand new one? You guys got brand new ones. That's the ones I like. Well, if you got a used one, hopefully it was cleaned. And if it was cleaned, it, there's a chance it was cleaned by me. And you know, you clean a toter, you lay it down, and you get a pressure washer. And what happens when you spray inside of a big open bucket? Toter, Yeah. So I was licking and eating that stuff, and it was in my eyes. Jen, you saw me come home from work. There were, there were some blowback chunks in my hair. Pretty nasty. Yeah. And so water technician, I guess, that, I guess if you have a, what's it called? The pressure washer. I guess that's water, so the water technician can do that. And then I did this for years, and they would send me up on this hill. LeMay has this hill of all the dumpsters and different sizes. We'd get a shipment of toters in. 
which you guys refer to as garbage cans and recycle containers. And I would take this big, there's 20 stacks, like 20 high. I tried, and they were full of water from all the rain. And I'd try to like tip them over so they would fall down so I could, I could begin to pull them out. And then I would take the toter, I would put it upside down, and I would take an axle bracket, and I'd put it through the bottom of the toter. I'd put the right wheel on. I'd put the left wheel on. I'd try to put the cap on. I'd, you know, th there's a little metal cap, and then you hammer it, and then it flies off, and then you, you're working like this all day. And I did that for hours and hours, and I got to tell you, I was a little discouraged. I was a little discouraged. And how many of you know I worked in the rain? Because if you live in Aberdeen, maybe this is unfair. I said, last service, I said, you know, in Aberdeen, it rains 364 days out of the year. A little bit of a Debbie down, Downer statement. It looks pretty nice outside, right? Okay. But it, it, ra it rained a lot, and I was out there, and I got to tell you, I, I would build these toters, and then when you built the garbage can, and you, you, had to, you had to, like, pack it across a gravel yard, 50, 100 yards, and I did that all day for hours and hours and hours. And, as, and I, would be, I would beat myself up a little bit, like, what, why, why am I, Lord, why am I here? But the thing that always helped me was I said, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm doing it as unto you, Lord. You know that whatever we do, we do as unto the Lord. So we're going to work like Martha. We're going to be workers. We get to serve in the house. We get to find our gifts. We're going to discover them. God has a perfect plan calling for you. God wants to unpack those, and we're going to do it willingly. And also when we work, no matter what we do, whether it's in the house or outside of the house, we work as unto the Lord, and God honors that. I think that I'm hoping that will help some of you. I think it should help some of you. So we're going to work like Martha, number two in your notes. We are going to worship like Mary. How many worshipers do we have in the house? I mean, we do, we do love coming. We love to worship corporately. How many of you love to worship just individually? Come on, that too. Actually, I think our corporate expression is many times an is a expression of our that intimate time with the Lord. Verses 3 through 8. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for my day of burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. In my studies, I found that this, this costly, fragrant oil, it would, require a, it, it would have required a year's wages from a common laborer to purchase that ointment. So it cost her something, didn't it? Is Jesus worth it? Absolutely. It will cost you everything. But Mary would not give to the Lord that which cost her nothing. Her beautiful act of worship brought a fragrance to the very house in which they were dining, and the blessing of her deed is spread around the world. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever, wherever this gospel is preached, and we are preaching the gospel this morning, wherever this is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So we remember Mary this morning, even in that act of worship. So just from looking at the life of Mary, now we studied Martha the worker, we're looking at Mary the worshiper, and there's a couple things that I, we can observe by looking at this verse. One way that she worshiped was, in your notes, giving of our treasure. She, she anointed the feet of Jesus with the costly oil. 
And as I thought about how Mary worshiped with her treasure, worshiped with what she had, worshiped with her possessions, it reminded me of when Jesus was born. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, the wise men went to come find Mary and the baby. It says, and when the wise men had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, you see this treasure in worship? They presented gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. How many of you know that you can worship God with your treasure? There's a scripture in Matthew 6, 21 that says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So treasure and heart, many times, they go hand in hand. Where was Mary's heart? It was with Jesus, wasn't it? Mary's heart was with Jesus, so her treasure followed. Where was Lazarus's heart? La- I'm sorry, not Lazarus. Thank you. I'm, she said Jesus. I meant Judas. Where was Judas's heart? Not with Jesus. It was with himself, so he was, he was taken out of that because he was more interested in what he, he could get. I remember thinking about this verse years ago, where your treasure is there, your heart was also. And I remember I was in a, in a, had a, a difficult relationship with an individual. And I remember I was, I was struggling. I thought, I'm kind of complaining about this individual. And I think instead of complaining, I should probably switch to praying. Now, some of you, that might, that might fix it right there for some of you. This, you know, and I found myself, why am I complaining about this individual when it said I should be praying? And I began to pray for the individual. And then I remembered, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I want my heart with this individual. My heart is changing because I'm praying. And I thought, I'm going to take him and his whole family out for pizza. And I went down, and I threw some treasure into the game. And not instantaneously, not overnight, but by and by, my heart began to change. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if somebody comes up after service and gives me a gift certificate, I'll say, are we, are we doing good? Are we okay? I've given a couple of gifts the last couple of weeks. That wasn't, that's not me trying to communicate something subtly. It's all good. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. How many of you like the Seattle Mariners? Ooh. Ooh. How many of you like the Seattle Mariners? So it depends on how I ask the question. This is great. They won last night, by the way, 13-7 to over the Kansas City Royals. I am excited because I am going to a Mariners game with my son, Calder. We are going to the New York Yankees game. How many of you like the Yankees? Okay, that's fine. No, that's fine. I'm not a big Yankees guy. We, we call them, they're the Bronx Bombers. And so I got a couple tickets. I'm pretty excited about it. How many of you know that they're not giving tickets away to the Mariners game? To the Mariners and Yankees. I'm, what did I just say? Yeah, they're not giving that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They cost me something. But guess what? Where am I? Do I love my son Calder I'm taking to the game? Absolutely. So where your treasure is there, your heart is also. I am excited to drop some treasure into my loved one. So we love Jesus, and one of our acts of worship is through giving treasure, isn't it? Yeah. Hebrews 7, 8 says, Here... On earth, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. You know, when we give, there's some, there's some give. If you didn't know, there's some generosity boxes in the back, and you can go and, and you can give your tithe there. I like to give, on, give online, but the Bible says here, mortal men receive our tithes. There are some people after service that will go and look in those boxes, and they will collect those. 
And is it, is it physically Jesus actually going to those boxes? Well, Jesus is the head of, the, of his body, which is the church. So I do not, although we give here on earth, the Bible says, but even though we give here, there he receives them. So whatever we give, we're always giving as unto the Lord. All right, so we can, we can give with our treasure. Also in your notes, we can, we can worship with our voice, our posture, and our hands. And I'm going to give you, in your notes briefly, nine different expressions of worship. And so the first expression is spoken voice. Do you know that you can worship the Lord with just speaking? I remember when I, when I, was, I was recently born again. It was October, November, December of 2000. It was my last semester of college, Central Washington University, Ellensburg, Washington. I was going to the Four Square Church, and up on the very front row, and I was sit, always sitting in the very, very back. I was kind of hiding out in the back. And by the way, I got called to the ministry sitting on the back row. So, so those of you on the back row, watch out. It, might be a call, it could be the call of God. You'll be up here preaching before too long. And you can worship with, with speaking. I remember Pastor Dave would just be up front going, hallelujah, glory to God, just speaking it out, praise the Lord. But it had such a profound impact on me. I think even today, I just up front worshiping just glory, glory to God, praise you worship you. It doesn't even have to be all the bells and whistles. Just love you, Lord. Glorify you. That's an act of worship. We can worship with shouting, which is good news for some of you. If you can't sing, I've heard those that can't hold a tune in a bucket, which is okay. You don't need to sing awesome to worship, Lord. You can just shout. You can go, if you can go to the Mariners game and cheer on the Mariners or the Bronx Bombers, you can shout. You can sing. You know, singing Praise the Lord for our awesome worship team as well. Don't they do such a good job? Yeah. And they lead us in worship with their wonderful voices. But you know what? You've got, and if you're just at home, you can just sing in your car, sing at home, sing in the shower, and sing and worship the Lord. We can worship with our posture. Right? There, in your notes, you can bow down. Psalm 95, 6, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And I, I think of Mary. I think she probably bowed down when she, when she went to, to anoint the feet of Jesus. It was me trying to anoint the feet of Jesus. This is about as far as I can go. She's telling me to bend my knees. This is about, this is about as far as I can go. How many, a couple years ago, I was Mr. Rogers. Did you guys ever see the Mr. Rogers Easter service? Some of you did. I had, to be, I had to play Mr. Rogers, and I had to sing. And one, of the, and one of the things I had to do was I had to put my shoes on. I had to put, do you remember Mr. Rogers would come out? I couldn't even reach my shoes. I couldn't reach it. I couldn't reach it. It was the hardest part of the whole thing, putting shoes on. <laughs> oh, we can bow down. We can stand in worship. The Levite priests were to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. That's why when the worship leader invites you to stand, you know, that's actually scriptural. And I know that some of you are maybe unable to stand, and that's fine. But if you're able to, let's, let's stand in worship. We can dance. I don't know if that's it. I don't know what that is. You got to watch. That's Hitch. That's, I love it. You can watch. My, my wife can dance. All right. We can worship with our hands, playing instruments. Uh, Psalm 33, 2. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully. That's a good one. And shout for joy. I, that's why I'm thankful. We have some skilled musicians up here. But you know what? You know where I began, and I, and these guys are really good musicians up here. I can hold my own, but these guys are good. 
But you know where I got my start? In my bedroom. Just had my guitar out, just strumming away, just singing to the Lord. We can clap. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. You know, at the end of, at end of a worship song, we clap. Why are we clapping? We're not clapping to the worship team, are we? Our claps aren't going horizontal. Our claps are going vertical, and we're clapping to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And finally, we can, we can worship by lifting hands. Amen. So Mary gives us a great example. She shows us that we can worship with our treasure. We can worship with our, with our posture. And, and those are ways to worship God. And finally, we come to the life of Lazarus. And Lazarus is an awesome witness for us. People went to Bethany just to be able to see this man who had been raised from the dead. And I believe that people are going to come and they're going to look at your life and see what God has done in your life. The Bible says we know, we know that we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. I'm confused by people who say, I don't know if I'm born again. Well, the Bible says we can know. We know that we pass from death to life. Do you think Lazarus knew he passed from death to life physically? Well, spiritually, the same thing is also true, that we can know that we walk in newness of life. In our verses that we're looking at this morning, it says, Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with Jesus. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. They came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put, to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. I believe that on account of you, many of the local harborites are going to go away and believe in Jesus. Now, it, it is, okay, it was interesting. When I studied the life of Lazarus, I, I didn't find much. I learned more about Lazarus by what the Bible didn't say about him. He wasn't one of the, the 12 disciples. He wasn't an apostle. There are no recorded sermons from Lazarus. Actually, nothing is recorded of him saying anything. There is no account of Lazarus working any miracles, but his miraculous life was an effective witness for Jesus Christ. Lazarus was the walking miracle. How will your life be like Lazarus? God wants to utterly transform and change your life. You know, I've shared my testimony before that really I was in a rock and roll band. The name of our band was called GIF, and my life was really just, it was a life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I moved in with my dad on Orcas Island. He had a house, and he had a barn. And upstairs in his barn, there was two horses down below. And I, I, you, ever, you ever heard that phrase, you've been raised in a barn? I think I was actually raised in a barn. And I, and I lived upstairs in, in this barn, and there were mice and rats. And one night late, I heard the barn door open. I heard it creak open. And I heard these voices, and I heard these steps coming into my barn. And I heard these footsteps coming up the wooden ladder. And next thing I know, there are two women standing in front of me in my bedroom in my barn saying, let's go out, Cameron, let's go party, let's go drink, let's go do this, let's go down to the lower, let's go down to Vern's Bayside, let's go have a, let's go have a great night. Now, the old man... The Bible says if anybody's in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I was a new creation in Christ. And I don't think I told those girls, I'm a new creation in Christ. 
But I said, no, God has done something. I'm a different man now. I'm changed. You know, God so wants to utterly change you and transform you that the word about you is going to go out, that those old things are going to pass away in your life and all things are going to become new. God wants to shine in you and through you so that you're a living testimony of Christ. Lazarus was, dead, was raised, raised, uh, fit, raised from death physically, but as Christians, we've been raised to newness of life spiritually. And just kind of in a, in a final review, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus represent three ways in which to honor God. Number one, we honor God with our work. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Number two, we are to honor God with our worship. John 4 says this, For the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And number three, we honor God with our witness. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all people, revealing yourselves that you are a letter of Christ. You are a letter of Christ. You are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, not written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And I believe that we truly are letters for Christ being read by all men, that when people are going to come and observe and see your life, they're reading your life and seeing what God has done in you, and your life will be a witness like Lazarus. Please stand this morning. On your notes, I know you have one more, fill in the blank. The Christian life should be a beautiful balance of work, worship, and witness. I'd like everybody to stand. If you guys would just bow your heads with me right now. I do want to give an opportunity for anyone in here who has not, maybe you've not had the opportunity or you've not invited Jesus into your life, every head bowed, and you want to walk in newness of life and you want your life to be a rich testimony like the life of Lazarus, I want to pray for you. We're actually going to just, we're all going to pray. Would you raise your hand? If you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart. Young man, I see that hand. Young man, I see that hand. There's two hands. Those of you online, raise your hand. Raise your hand in your heart. If you're here, though, and you raise your hand. Jesus said this, if you confess me before, man, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. And I'm a man, and I'm standing here. You can confess Jesus. Jesus is going to confess you before his Father in heaven. Would you, anybody else this morning, I see two hands. Is there anybody else who would like to ask Jesus into their heart this morning? All right, I'm going to pray. Do you guys just repeat after me? Say, Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, my boss, my friend, my Savior, and my King. Thank you for making me new in you, forgiving me of my sins, and cleansing me from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give those two young men a good hand clap this morning. I would like to invite the prayer team to come forward this morning. And we're going to worship for a few moments. Few moments. If you have a prayer request, we, we have some awesome altar prayer workers. Come and they would love to pray for you, lay hands on you, whatever you need. You come and talk to them. And we're going to worship for a few more moments.